We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, 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 indeed. It is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, and I'll be introducing you to the radio team momentarily, the Bible Information Brokers. But right now, because it's a live presentation, I'm going to give you an opportunity to call in with your open, honest questions, and we want to give you a biblical response if there is one. You can start dialing right now at one triple eight LA Talks. That's one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Hey, matter of fact, if you're on the internet, please let's um, about a thousand or so people know that you're listening to a live presentation. They can listen on with you, and they may have some questions that they want to get a biblical response to. So, if you happen to be on the internet, you can not only call us at one triple eight LA Talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Of course, I'll give you that number many more times today. Uh, but they also can send us an email, and in the email box, well, the way I like to say it is this: if you go to our website and you can navigate from there. Our website address is BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. And you can simply go to our website, and by that measure, you can navigate by clicking the Contact Us and send us an email that way. And you can navigate also to our Facebook page. As you're listening to the broadcast, you can send us a question by that method as well. Now, without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you the radio team. One is staring at me dead in the eye. I like to look at a man eye to eye, and without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you our good friend Robert. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Brian oh. Allen. <laughs> Brian, how you doing, brother? <laughs> doing great, doing great, Daryl. You know uh, what? I, what I want our listening audience uh, to know is we have we have uh, two new screeners, call screeners, Absolutely. and we want to test them out. So we need you to start dialing in with your uh, with your questions. Let's get these phone lines lit up, man. For the last two, three, four weeks, uh, the phone lines have been busy all. Uh, all, all show long. So uh, now's the time to give us a call. Uh, and again, we want to get our new screeners trained. It's uh, Daryl and, and uh, Eric. And so uh, say hi to them when you call. But start dialing right now, one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. so we can get our call screeners uh, trained uh, on how to set up the calls and everything else so uh, we can uh, get you on air with your questions. And make history be the first to try out these new callers, especially that guy named Daryl who spells his name wrong, but we won't get into that until later on. It's inside joke. And now, without further ado, Brian, why don't you? No, I want to do this. I haven't talked to my my good buddy in quite a long time. We used to live not too far from each other when he was in California here. So I'll introduce to the listening audience, part of the Bible Information Brokers team, Robert Bowman Jr. That's Dr. Robert Bowman Jr. Rob, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. All right. How's that going out there in a different time zone? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, 
it, it feels kind of funny doing this at one o'clock in the morning. Hey. But that's all right. Uh, you're a trooper, man. You're a soldier. You know, we heard from one of your colleagues from long ago, just before we came on air, Brian. Why don't you tell him who we heard from? Yeah, Craig gave us a call. He didn't know he can get through. He, he tried before, and uh, he couldn't do it, but he he called us. Now, he, I cannot hear Brian, by the way. Oh, you can't hear Brian? Oh, okay. Well, that that might be a blessing in disguise, but no, no. Brian, uh, Brian, what he's saying was that, Brian, go ahead, try him again. Tell him uh, about can, can you hear me, uh, Rob? Can you hear him now, Rob? Uh, I hear a very faint noise, a voice in the background. But I cannot really hear him. All right, wow. we'll get we'll get me squared away. Can yep. you hear me, Daryl? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. But anyway, Bob, what you're saying is that we heard from our good buddy PCH Professor Craig Hawkins out there wow. in Myanmar, and he called us just before. He's he had uh, interesting things to say, and I won't I won't spoil it for the listening audience. But I'll let him explain to him. Uh, the listening audience, how things are going out there. He's uh, taking some pictures, and we're, you know, uh, traveling in the world in the particular parts of the area that he's in. There's some challenges. Now, like we have out here, we can go from one internet connection to a next, you know, and we take things uh, often for granted, um, Robert, and as you know that, uh, uh, just being on the Western Hemisphere here, we kind of, uh, we're a little spoiled, and even spoiled as Christians. And by being that way, then when um, things don't go necessarily our way, we have a tendency of, you know, I don't know, maybe just need to toughen up a little bit, be a little bit more soldieress in the spiritual warfare that we're dealing with. But listen, Brian was telling me, uh, Rob, that you have something that you wanted to share with us. And so if, um, if you're ready to do that, why don't we get right into that? I'll give the people the number and the email address where they can contact us again, and then you can get right into what you want to talk about. Brian, are you there? Been something hey, to up on? Uh, Rob, can you hear me now? Can you? Well, I don't think he can hear you yet, Brian. No, I can't. Wow. Hey, Rob, are you just tuning in Brian out? Are you just doing him that way? <laughs> that, that is weird because we're... Yeah, we're, we're coming through loud and clear. Yeah, we're gonna. she's going to uh, get on that right now. But anyway, Rob, here's, here's the deal. I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about the subject that you wanted to talk about, uh, you know, briefly, and we're going to get into the phone calls. But let me give the people the number where they can call in. We have the new screeners, like Brian said. They're in training, and they're going to do a fine job. So give a call to Brother Darrell and Eric right now. They're ready to receive your phone call at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight. 2557, which are open on this question, no matter if you listen to the broadcast for years or you're just a new time uh, listener, please give us a call with your open honest question and we will give you a biblical response if there is one. Or go to the website. Brian, give the website. Let's see if I know I can hear you. Uh, the website is BibleInfoBrokers.com. BibleInfoBrokers.com. So, uh, Rob, you still can't hear me? I guess not. Yeah, that is probably, so he's probably picking up your voice on my mic, you yeah. know, but it's loud and clear in here, Rob. So we're going to get that tech, uh, technicality worked out. Uh, but, Rob, if you don't mind, why don't you introduce to the audience the things that you wanted to share, and then we can get right into it. Cause we had some we had some questions, Brian, I was going to bring to you before the calls came in. But, folks, take an opportunity to call in right now. This is your broadcast, one triple eight la talks one triple eight. 528-2557. And Daryl, have Rob kind of give a little background about his, you know, his background uh, in the Christian faith, you know, how he came up. and. Oh, yeah. Well, look, listen, yeah. uh, uh, Dr. Bowman, uh, before he became a doctor, um, well, you know what? I think, I think Brian, I didn't want you to try your mic again. Uh, Rob, I'm going to ask that you actually talk about your background a little bit. You're much more qualified than Rob, uh, Brian and I are to tell a little bit about yourself to the listening audience that, they don't really, that may not know you, which would be kind of a surprise. And real quick, can you hear me yet, Rob? Uh, yes, now I can hear both of you. Oh, very good. And it's pretty loud and clear to you? Uh, yeah, sounds fine. Okay, and he, Brian wants to try another mic as he uh, dances around here in the studio. 
Okay. Can you hear me now, Rob? He does he doesn't realize yeah, it's live ready or right, Rob. He doesn't realize it's I don't live care. Ready. Rob, can you hear me okay? Uh, uh, yes, unfortunately, I can. Uh, oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, you, you can tell Rob's a part of the team. Okay. Boy, we got to get a new bus or bus man. We'll get you some keys for that bus Brian usually drives. Hey, but Rob, go ahead. Let, let the people know before you get into sharing about the subject matters you want to talk about. A little bit about your history, if you don't mind. Well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for that, and I'm, I am glad I can hear both of you. This is this is much better. Yeah, uh, uh, I have been involved in uh, the same kind of uh, ministry that uh, you guys are doing here on this show uh, in one form or another for well, pretty much my entire adult life. Uh, certainly, the last uh, thirty plus years, I've been involved in apologetics. Uh, my uh, uh, my training, my, my uh, sort of professional uh, uh, academic training is in biblical studies, but I've always been interested in applying that to uh, questions about the truth of Christianity and, and standing up for that truth in a way that's faithful to Scripture, helping people answer questions about what Scripture teaches about various subjects, especially uh, dealing with question, uh, doctrinal issues that groups like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and other such groups uh, uh, misrepresent or misunderstand as they uh, distort the teachings of Scripture in support of their uh, doctrinal positions. So I've done a lot of work on both of those groups in particular, uh, and that's been really a, a life, you know, an adult, uh, throughout my adult life, been my passion is... Uh, uh, what does Scripture really teach? Why do certain groups uh, who claim to believe the Bible come away with such different doctrines than what traditional Orthodox Christians do? And so that's been uh, my uh, main area of focus in most of the work that I've done. I'm the executive director of the Institute for Religious Research, which is uh, based in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. I'm not calling from Michigan, though. I'm actually... Uh, in Alexandria, Virginia tonight. All right. Uh, Remember I'm the Titans. <laughs> myself. I'm not as far away as Craig Hawkins, though. So, <laughs> uh, I'm still I'm still in the United States. But, uh, yeah, I uh, just arrived here a few hours ago on a, uh, uh, some traveling that I'm doing to speak in various places. Uh, and... Uh, Happy to be with you guys tonight. You know, uh, Dr. Bowman, I really appreciate that. And folks, uh, keep Dr. Bowman up, lift it up in prayer as he speaks uh, to various audiences that he's going to deal with. But uh, real briefly, Rob, can you um, let the people know your connection with our beloved uh, Craig, or PCH as I call him? Uh, yes, well, Craig and I go way back because we both worked at the Christian Research Institute uh, back in the late 1980s and early 1990s. And uh, so we've known each other since that time. And, it, you know, after both of us uh, moved on to other things, uh, we actually became uh, good friends. We, we got to know each other better, and we've really uh, appreciated each other's uh, work. At least uh, I think I can say that about him, that <laughs> I appreciate his work. Uh, and uh, no, we, we, uh, we, are, uh, we are, we are, we go way back, and uh, of course I've, had the uh, pleasure of uh, participating on the program there uh, with Craig Hawkins at various times also in the past when I used to live in Southern California. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Craig and I have known each other now, I guess it's, uh, you know, 30 years or so. Wow. 
more than half you guys' lives, definitely more than half your lives. But I uh, appreciate that, Dr. Bowman. Now, Brian, you and uh, Dr. Bowman did talk about the subject matter he is going to bring up to us. Why yeah. don't you kind of introduce it as he um, continues on? Yeah, we want to talk. Uh, we want to talk about a couple things, and uh, one of the things we want to talk about is uh, dealing with the uh, the miraculous healings, the extremes. Uh, you know, uh, sensationist and things of that nature. And, you know, how the Christian church has almost, uh, what you see on TV is almost, uh, you know, become a joke, so to speak. And then, you know, I want to uh, talk about, you know, because we get this question a lot about answering prayers. How do we know that God answers prayers and does he answer prayers? And so, again, we're going to take a few minutes to talk about that. Then we could jump on into the questions. So, Rob, as I said last week, take it away, my friend. Well, uh, thank you. Yes, I I have uh, been quite burdened, uh, especially recently, uh, about uh, the importance of Christians understanding what the Bible teaches about uh, the miraculous and its role in uh, Christianity and its role in the Christian world and life today and particularly with regards to healing. Uh, and one uh, particular uh, issue or one particular example where this has become uh, something of a, a fairly well-known uh, problem or, or controversy, controversy has to do with the recent passing of a friend of mine and a fellow Christian apologist, Nabil Qureshi, uh, Nabil is a f- former Muslim who converted to faith in Christ and became a very well-known uh, speaker and writer on the subject of Christianity and Islam. Uh, he uh, worked with uh, Ravi Zacharias's ministry for several years, uh, wrote a number of uh, uh, very well-received books, uh, including his testimony uh, seeking Allah, finding Jesus. And then uh, a little over a year ago or so, uh, he was uh, suddenly diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer. Mm. And there was no, uh, you know, awareness of this until it had already reached stage four. Wow, wow. And at that point, it was um, the chances of him living more than a few years were extremely remote. And uh, this was a young man uh, with a wife and a baby and a very, you know, very uh, difficult situation. Uh, Nabil uh, sought out both uh, medical help and uh, sought the uh, prayers and uh, uh, counsel of people who believed that God could heal miraculous he miraculously heal him of his stomach cancer and he did a series of uh, video logs or vlogs on YouTube talking about his uh, medical condition talking about uh, what was going on in in the in, on the medical side of things and also talking about his uh, beliefs and and uh, evolving uh, ideas about healing and don't worry about that. Go ahead. Rob, are you still there? 
I'm still here. Yeah. You, can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah, can. Yeah, it was just a little technical. Okay, I heard a dial tone, and I thought I'd lost you guys. No, no, you're good. So, uh, anyway, thousands of people prayed for Nabil, and numerous statements were made on his uh, Facebook page uh, by uh, uh, well-meaning supporters uh, and friends who were uh, expressing great confidence uh, that he was going to be healed. Mm. And Nabil himself uh, made statements that, you know, pointed in that direction uh, at, at the same time acknowledging that sometimes uh, people don't get healed, uh, but really kind of uh, taking a position that uh, he believed that it was God's will, God's will for him to be healed. Well, uh, Nabil got much worse and uh, went into rapid decline a few months ago, and uh, a couple, a few weeks ago, he uh, passed away. Mm. And there were a number of articles, bloggers, uh, commenting on this afterwards, basically asking the question, uh, why wasn't Nabil healed? And so, and, and most of the answers that were given by these bloggers was essentially, we, we have no idea. <laughs> oh, wow. We don't know. Uh, and that seems rather unsatisfying, doesn't it? We'd like Absolutely. to know, uh, you know, shouldn't, if anybody was going to be healed uh, miraculously uh, through uh, prayer and faith and, you know, claiming that God was going to do this and just believing that it was going to happen, you would have thought it would have been to be all, uh, here's a, a man who who unfortunately uh, passed away at the age of 34. Mm. He had so much to live for. He had a beautiful wife and a beautiful little uh, uh, toddler daughter. Uh, he had a, a terrific ministry uh, all over the world. Uh, and uh, on the flip side or the negative side, uh, it was clear that if he did not make it, uh, there were going to be a lot of Muslims uh, gloating over that fact and claiming that Allah had struck down the infidel. Right. And uh, so he, despite all that, despite all the prayers, and Nabil met with people that claimed that God had done a lot of miraculous healings through them and assured him that he was going to be healed, and uh, anything positive that happened, uh, he took as confirmation that that was going to be the case. Despite all that, he did not uh, experience healing, and he died. And so uh, there are a lot of people who I believe right now are hurting over this and are unsure of why things went the way that they did and don't understand uh, why God doesn't seem to uh, say yes uh, when Nabil himself believed that there was indications from the New Testament, especially the Gospels and the healing ministry of Jesus, mm -hmm. that God would want to heal somebody like that. And so I think that it, this is an appropriate time, and this, of course this is always the right time, because this is always an issue. Always, we all know yes. People, and we will always know people who are suffering, who are going through uh, difficult times physically, who are sick or, um, you know, dying. Uh, I have recently lost both of my parents in the last few years, and mm. uh, I'm at that age where that's not an un uh, uncommon occurrence. Right. And so, uh, you know, these are these are issues that we have to deal with all the time. 
it's better that we have some understanding of these issues before tragedy strikes, before the issue becomes a very personal one, so that we can think clearly about this uh, when that time comes. And so, you know, going forward, I hope that Christians will talk among themselves about this and uh, study the scriptures carefully and see what they actually say about this subject. And I have some thoughts about that that uh, uh, I would like to, you know, share and, and discuss with you guys and, and uh, maybe with some people that might want to call in and, and make their own comments or ask some questions about it. Dr. Bowman, that'll be fine. I mean, we have a common occurrence myself. Uh, I lost both my parents within four months of each other in 2015, so can mm. very much, you know, relate to that. Uh, the, 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 if there's any beauty in that, the, the, the time that they were here on Earth and the time that I got to spend with them because of my special circumstances and, and you know, my life uh, was, was just beautiful. I mean, I spent more time with my parents at an older age than I did when I even lived with them, you know. And so uh, uh, when, when they did uh, pass away, uh, the, the for me, at least, I'm not saying this is the way for everyone. I was at, I was, I was fine with it, understanding, you know, at least from the standpoint they live both past their 80s. But even if they didn't, uh, this is a good subject to talk about. Recently, Brian, um, you know, I went to a, a, a service of a young man in our family, one of my cousins sons who passed away and his mother passed away and I did her service and he uh, unfortunately overdosed and uh, you know dealing with those things of life and to see people there at the um, at his memorial service about a month ago I was able to introduce the book I talked about here um, um, a few months ago by Harold Ivan Smith about what do you say uh, to people that are grieving it's, it's not the name of the book exactly but it's by Harold um, Ivan Smith who wrote about what what when you don't know what to say to one that is grieving and then at the end of it is his father was a lawyer and towards the end my my cousin asked me he said hey you know that book you had uh, is that book for me actually it wasn't but i told him it is now and i gave it to him and i just recently texted him asked him did he read it and he said he's reading it looking into it you know they don't necessarily claim to be a christian but the idea of how to deal with the grief is a very difficult yeah. subject yes very it, much so and, and, you know, Rob, when, when I think of Christians that, that go through things, um, because, you know, we live in a sin-cursed creation, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, as Christians, a lot of times we're going to uh, encounter things, uh, you know, because there's it, a lot of spiritual warfare. But, you know, I, I, think of, I think of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, and um, 2 Corinthians 12, uh, 8, 9, when... Uh, you say, concerning this, I entreated the Lord three times that it might depart from me. He was talking about uh, a thorn in the flesh, okay? Yeah. And Christ said uh, to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. And, you know, here, here's, a, here's the author of two-thirds of the New Testament and uh, in his walk with the Lord. And, you know, he, he went to the Lord three times, and pretty much the Lord said no. My grace is sufficient, and so, right. uh, so anyway, so uh, so so go ahead, Rob, and, and you know right. sh- share share some of the things uh, with our with our listening audience regarding this topic. Right now, I I um, I want to make a distinction here, and this is really uh, in in uh, kind of reflecting on on what Daryl said uh, just a minute ago, and that is that. 
there's a distinction to be made here between how we respond to people who are grieving uh, and what we say about the issue of healing and God's answering prayers and so forth Mm -hmm. in terms of what our doctrine or theology of these things is. And so, you know, somebody's actually you know, suffering through a loss or something like that, it might not be the time to talk right. doctrine. Uh, but, uh, so, Theological but, points. <laughs> but ahead of, ahead of time, uh, we want people to have a sound understanding of these subjects so that uh, when they do suffer loss, and frankly, we all will at some point, uh, then we will not be shaken in our faith. I am very concerned about the potential for people to be uh, disturbed in their faith, to be uh, weakened in their faith, because they have expectations that they think are biblical, Mm, that they think are uh, legitimate Christian expectations about what God will do when we pray or when we're in trouble, uh, that very often are not realized, and that they will then... uh, think maybe the Christian faith isn't as uh, reliable as they thought. So it's really with that uh, passion and that concern in mind that that I've been working on addressing uh, this subject. In fact, I'm just about ready to launch a series of posts on my blog, robertbowman.net, where I will be addressing this in some detail. But this is a, I, I'd just like to introduce the subject here. And really, uh, I think one way to frame it that will be helpful to people is to say uh, that my uh, position, if you will, my, my uh, thesis, uh, my, my proposal is that we need to chart a course between two extremes. On the one hand, the one extreme would be an extreme cessationism, uh, which is the idea that uh, miracles, uh, God doing remarkable things in answer to prayer and, and other uh, kinds of uh, uh, divine uh, acts of uh, uh, mercy or divine acts of intervention, that these completely ceased uh, after the passing of the apostles at the end of the first century, and that we shouldn't uh, expect ever to see God do anything remarkable or miraculous in our day. That's one extreme. Mm-hmm. But the other extreme is the uh, extreme continuationism, which is the idea that there really should be, in principle, no difference whatsoever between our day and the Apostles' day, or between what we see today and what people were seeing during the ministry of Jesus, even. On that view, which, uh, again, I think is an extreme that is not biblical, there really is no difference between us and our situation and that of uh, people at the time of Jesus and the Apostles, except that, uh, supposedly, uh, we are not believing uh, God is going to do these things the way people did in the first century. And if we could just get back to that mindset, if we could get back to uh, uh, believing that God was going to do these things uh, the way it is commonly understood that people did in the first century, then we would be seeing the miraculous just as much as people did in the Gospels or in the Book of Acts. Now, I would suggest that these are two extremes, that neither one of them is biblically sound, 
and that what where we need to come down is somewhere in the middle between these two extremes, where there is some continuity, there is some continuation of, you know, we have the same uh, gospel, we have the same Holy Spirit, uh, God is still at work in the world, he's still sovereign, uh, Jesus Christ is still on the throne in heaven, as he was during the days of the apostles. Uh, so some things are clearly the same. On the other hand, some things are not the same. We don't have Jesus physically present with us. We don't have apostles who are uh, authorized to uh, act and speak authoritatively on uh, behalf of Jesus Christ, such as we had in the first century with Peter and James and John and Paul and, and all the rest of those fellows. So my, my position is that some things have remained the same, and some things have not. And therefore, we should expect some things to be similar in terms of God answering prayer, uh, but other things to be different. Now, Dr. Bowman, you're not trying to take that position that uh, most people would take and say you have some kind of a mutual, politically correct answer for Scripture. If the Scripture would say one thing, you just call it an extreme on one end, an extreme on the other end, and if we do that on all of our theology, is that going to put more than likely the the answer in the middle? Or are you saying on this particular subject that's what the case is? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, uh, that in all doctrinal issues we need to find right. some golden mean between the extremes. Uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, is Jesus God or is Jesus <laughs> Amen. man? He's something in between. Well, no, he's not something in between. So uh, he's both God and man, yes. and that's that's a very extreme position, I guess. Yes, exactly. That, that, uh, you made my so, point exactly. Good, good job, so, brother. So, so sometimes the sometimes the answer is not uh, a, you know a halfway uh, position. Yeah. Uh, uh, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Jesus is as an angel. Well, I guess that's halfway between being God and man. No. No, we, we're not looking for a middle position necessarily, but uh, when we are uh, looking at this particular question, it is my contention that uh, a biblically sound answer does end up being between these two particular extremes. I hear you, brother. Continue on, good doctor. All right. Well, and, and as I said, I, I hope that people will, uh, will chime in and, and, uh, and uh, st step in on this, but I've already kind of indicated why I think we're we're living in a, in a different situation. Uh, but, but, Dr. But allow me to give the phone number, Ross, so people can start calling yeah. in now if they would like to. So as you get, gather the rest of your thoughts together, and Brian, yours, the number is one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Now, warn the listening audience. Go ahead and listen them, hear them completely out before you like saying, "Well, I don't agree with that." Well, you he haven't said anything uh, totally yet. But and, and if you do disagree, please give oh, us scripture. You have to give us scripture yeah. to back it up. Well, because so. we're going to demand scripture from Dr. Bowman, which I'm sure he won't disappoint. Point, but that number again is one triple eight LA Talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Or go to our website and send us a question by navigating either to Facebook or uh, email right there by contact us at www.bibleinfobrokers.com. Bibleinfobrokers.com. Dr. Bowman. Uh, yes, thanks. Uh, my basic reason for uh, taking this position that uh, we're we're neither extreme cessationism no no miracles today, whatever, uh, and extreme continuationism. It should be just like in the days that of Jesus being physically here on earth or the apostles. My, my reason for taking that position is because the New Testament 
makes it quite clear uh, that it was only Jesus and his authorized representatives, the apostles and their uh, prophetically uh, inspired associates, people like Stephen, uh, it was only those individuals who could uh, essentially guarantee or impart uh, healing to somebody at will. In the Gospels, whenever somebody comes to Jesus for healing, uh, Jesus heals them. There's never any uh, question about whether he's going to do it. Uh, now, there is question on the part of the individuals that come to him. They don't know if he's going to do it. They hope he will. Uh, they very often believe that he can, uh, but they don't know for sure if he's going to. They, they, they're simply asking him uh, to heal them. And in some cases, uh, uh, somebody is incapacitated and unable to ask, and somebody else is asking on their, that person's behalf, like a parent. Um, when the apostles uh, granted healing to people, they did it uh, on the authority of Jesus Christ, and they, they, uh, they, they didn't wonder if the person that they were talking to was going to be healed. The, uh, the, the, the incident in Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John are at the temple, and there is a, uh, a man that uh, can't walk, and they, uh, they tell him, we, can't, uh, uh, we don't have any money for you, but uh, we do have this. And Silver they, and gold. Yeah. Uh, in, and, and it was Jesus, actually, and not the apostles that healed the man, but uh, uh, they said, uh, you know, Jesus Christ heals you. So uh, what they were able to do is they were able to offer that to people at will. In other words, they didn't have to, uh, you know, uh, try to discern whether it was God's will for this person or that person to be healed. Uh, Jesus never said, well, um, I've given it some thought and I've decided uh, I'm, I'm not going to heal you for inscrutable reasons I'm not going to share with you. <laughs> uh, Jesus would just heal somebody that came, that, that asked for it or that was brought to him. Uh, in the New Testament, we see Jesus and the apostles doing that. We don't see anybody else doing it. Uh, we do not see anyone else uh, having that kind of uh, assurance that God will always produce the healing that is being sought. And so uh, we never find, for example, uh, the apostles teaching uh, people in the epistles, if a bunch of you will just get together and pray and have faith, you can be sure that, that this person you're praying for is going to be healed. Or any one of you can go up to an individual and pray for that person and lay hands on them, and you know that that person's going to be healed. Uh, that is not something that we see happening in the New Testament. What we see, rather, is that uh, healing uh, of this kind of at-will nature, where it's a certainty that the person's going to be healed every time, uh, that is something that is... Uh, distinctive about the ministries of Jesus and his apostles. It's not something that's the normal experience. And one other point here, there is not one example anywhere in the New Testament of somebody obtaining healing for himself by praying for himself. Mm. That just never happens in the New Testament. Now, when I say that never happens in the New Testament, I don't mean God never says yes to people and, and grants healing when they pray. 
What I'm saying is there's never any guarantee given that when an individual is praying about his infirmity or his sickness or any other problem that he has, that uh, God is going to do something miraculous to uh, provide that or to heal him. Uh, that is not something that we can be sure of if we just have the right faith or if we say the right words, have the right formula, you know, uh, or or go to the right uh, televangelist or uh, or whoever else it might be. Uh, there's no guarantee, uh, you know, in those circumstances. So my position is that sometimes God heals people uh, providentially or even occasionally miraculously, where it's an actual supernatural intervention. When he does that, he does it on his own, uh, you know, uh, prerogative, uh, when and where he chooses, with the individual that he chooses. We have no control over it. Uh, we can't make it happen. Uh, we can't claim it. And, you know, uh, and if if somebody isn't healed, it's not because we didn't have enough faith. It's not because that person was not somebody that didn't have enough faith. Uh, we don't need to work ourselves into a, a, a state of being totally confident that we're going to be healed, and then God will will, will let it happen. Uh, but rather, God heals people uh, when and as He chooses, and it's not something we can control. You know, you know, Rob. I I taped something, uh, a part of an article in my Bible about fifteen, twenty years ago. It says, God must do nothing. God is free to be God. He is sovereign in all things and is simply not under our control. The second sentence of a sound biblical theology will be, although God must do nothing, in grace he does all things. No healing has ever been deserved. It is always an expression of God's grace. Some have asked, if God must do nothing, then why pray at all? Why not simply wait for him to act sovereignly? The answer is simple, because God answers prayers. The mystery of faith is that there is a wonderful correlation between our asking and trusting and what goes on about us. God doesn't have to answer prayers, but he does. God doesn't have to heal, but he graciously does. Healing, therefore, is not a divine obligation. It is a divine gift, and, pre and precisely because it is a gift, we can make no demands. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I, yeah. always, and I always think of the disclaimer where it says, if we ask anything in accordance to his will, he hears us. And, and, if I, and if I could just step on that real quick, Brian, just segue from it. My, my, my thinking, I'm kind of coming out of a science of mind background, Rob, before I became a believer. And then I wind up going to uh, the word faith, which was a smoother transition than going maybe to a, uh, some kind of a Presbyterian church or Baptist church. That was a very smooth transition from the science of mind. But I tell you, uh, the thing I've always thought about, and even as I read the word of God, what Brian said, it seems to be true. I found out that when I say the safest prayer to pray for God, to pray to God about, I found anything is if God is indeed, we believe that he's omniscient. And, and, he's, and, he, and we already got the, the all-powerful thing. We already got the, the aspect of, uh, you know, everywhere present at all times, the uh, omnipresent. I'm dealing with the, the omniscience of God. If I trust that God is truly omniscient, knows everything, then it'd be foolish for me not to pray, God, if it be your will, open this door. If it be your will, heal me 
from this particular thing. I may need, and it sounds kind of weird, I may need to have a particular thing happen in my life so that Rob and uh, Brian can show mercy and grace that he has planned for you 20 years from now on something that he may have you to do. I don't know that. Of course, I want to be healed and seem like God got on people's case, even in the Old Testament with the kings, when they spent time and money and energy on the physicians and then come to God last. I think we just need to get our order together. Pray to God, go to the doctor, and then pray to God. Yes, very yeah, very well said. You know, we um, <laughs> sounds like you had an interesting journey. <laughs> I, I, you know, we we often view prayer, I think, as us going to God to get stuff, mm. to get God to do stuff for us, uh, to get God to intervene into the natural world. And if he doesn't do that, then we feel like uh, God doesn't answer prayer. But I don't view prayer that way. I view prayer as terms... Now, of course, you know, again, there are exceptional uh, individuals whom God has called uh, to act on his behalf in an authoritative way, and when they talked to God about a particular situation, when they prayed... Uh, they would get some kind of absolute assurance that God revealed to them of what it was that he was uh, about to do or what he wanted that person to do. But most of us aren't in that situation. And I think the reason why we really, to understand this, we need to get back to a sound doctrine of creation. Uh, God created this world, this material world in which we live, and he created us to live in this world in in uh, relationship with one another, in which we, uh, in the very creation mandate in Genesis 1, we were uh, mandated to basically uh, grow and multiply and work and live with each other, and we take care of each other. We, we work with each other to supply our needs. Uh, human beings are... Uh, designed and intended uh, to uh, work their own problems uh, and not view God as a cosmic bellhop yeah, who is yeah. going to step in and take care of things and constantly come in and fix things for us. Uh, if God did that, if God was constantly at our beck and call whenever something went wrong or we were having a problem or somebody was in grave danger or something like that, and he was constantly intervening, then what would he, and, and consistently doing so... was a miracle. Uh, then <laughs> what we would have would be a world in which actions have no consequences. Right. We would do things, and then we'd just ask God to fix it, and he'd fix it, and there would be nothing wrong. And that's not the way life is, and that's not the way life is supposed to be. Uh, and so I believe that that's why... Uh, normally, in most cases, when people uh, get sick, uh, they need medical treatment. And uh, if the medical treatment is not adequate, normally, or not able to overcome the problem, the usual or normal experience is that person is at some point going to die. People die. Everyone dies. Uh, death is universal. It's part of our condition. I I think it was Walter Martin, it may have been somebody before him, I don't know, but somebody uh, once said that uh, there's one uh, uh, disease or illness that you're sure to die of, and that's the last one you have. Yeah, <laughs> true enough, yeah. That was yeah. Dr. Martin. 
Yeah, I think it was Dr. Martin. It and was. So we have we have uh, that is our that is our situation. We live in a, a fallen uh, world. Our our human constitution is mortal. Uh, it is normal in our present condition to experience suffering and weakness and sickness and death. And God does not promise anywhere in the Bible that he will be in constant mode of intervention to prevent these bad things from happening to us. I could give you an analogy here. In the Gospels, there's a a famous miracle where Jesus is uh, in the boat with his disciples on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus falls asleep. (laughs) And uh, there's a huge storm that whips up, and the disciples uh, shake Jesus awake and say, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And Jesus, uh, uh, you know, stands up and looks at the sea and says something to the effect, Shut up, Mm -hmm. and the sea (laughs) just stops. Rebuke the seas. You know, they're they're just totally astonished by this, and uh, who is this man that can tell the wind and the waves to be still? And, you know, you read that story, and there are two ways that you can take that. You can look at that story, and you can say, wow, that is remarkable. That The fact that that happened is a testimony to the fact that this person in the boat with the disciples was somebody absolutely unique, that he had divine power unlike anybody uh, in, in history. Uh, and, you know, you can take it that way, and that's the way we are supposed to take it. But I'm afraid some people might think, well, if Jesus uh, stopped that particular disaster from happening, why doesn't he stop my disaster? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, that story is not in the Gospels to tell us whenever you're in trouble, you should expect God to bail you out. That's not how it works. That wasn't the reason why Jesus did that on that particular occasion. He wasn't setting up an object lesson. Uh, you can be guaranteed of being uh, protected from the the next hurricane or the next natural disaster or the next illness that comes your way uh, because, uh, you know, Jesus is with you. Uh, that's not how it works. And so we need to understand that and and not fight against it. At the same time, we, we totally recognize that God is free to intervene whenever he chooses for purposes that are his alone to know. And be glad when he does that. Be glad when God providentially works through circumstances to bring about a, a rescue or a healing, or, or even when he intervenes miraculously, which I believe occasionally he does. But that's not the normal Christian life. That's not the way things normally work. Well, I mean, I think just in the logical sense or in a very simplistic sense, over oversimplistic, if he took care of everything, we would never die. I mean, uh, again, I'm not trying to be flippant with it, but it's just the, uh, but it's almost like what Brian was saying in in this thing that he wrote uh, 20 years ago, you still still should ask. I mean, I'm thinking about the uh, the woman that was, uh, we we used the word impotentistic woman from her day when she kept bugging the guy that had no respect for God or or respect for man, but this judge, she kept bugging him, kept bugging him, and almost like in sense that God wants us. I don't know if the word is bug or continually come to him in prayer about something. Why wouldn't we? Is my guess my question. We have this, uh, like I said, all powerful God who says he loves us. And uh, I mean, uh, do, does he want us to be in pain? I really don't know if the pain is good for me or good for whatever. So I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just I think ask. I think the reason why Jesus wants us to be persistent in prayer 
is not because if you do that, you're guaranteed right. that nothing bad's ever going to happen to you, but because as you are persistent in prayer, your relationship yes. with God will mature and grow and become richer. Prayer is really not about getting stuff from God. Prayer is about getting close to God. Yes, yes. Yep. Just like any relationship, Brian, one thing we need to do is get close to our listening audience. Give them the phone number and also let them know, Robbie, they can take a quick break here to let the people know how they can participate to keep us on the air and keep uh, everything we got going paid up. Brian, why don't you share with the people how they can do that? Yeah, let me give you the numbers uh, so we can get these uh, get, uh, get some questions answered. It's one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Okay, one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Teresa, Stephen, we see you. Uh, yeah, let's get, we're, we're coming to the top of the hour, so let's get these phone lines lit up so when we come back, we can uh, just uh, shoot uh, shoot these questions out. But right now, I do want to let you know that this is a faith-supported broadcast, okay? Uh, your donations uh, keep this radio uh, program on the air. Definitely thank you for your prayers. Continue to pray for us. But when uh, at the end of the month, we do have to pay a bill, and they don't want prayers. They want, they want a check. And uh, there's a couple ways you can um, support us. Uh, you can go to the website, go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Uh, click on the link that says Support and Donate, and you can give right then and there, and those funds will come to us immediately. It's quick, it's easy, it's secure. So that's one way. Go to BibleInfoBrokers.com and click on the link. You can also mail us a check if you like. Make it out to LBTW slash BIB. And that goes to P.O. Box 90477. That's 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Los Angeles, California, 90009. That's it. And, folks, if you do call in, you can have uh, questions about anything. But we're going to take the questions dealing with the healing aspect of it. This is a very, very important subject, especially in light of the stuff that went down in Las Vegas. Matter of fact, I just missed the Vegas uh, situation by just one day I had just left and uh, people who I know dear and near and dear to me I know they love uh, country music and they were they were right there one was not too far I mean actually in front of the Mandalay Bay when it happened so I'm just going to ask the folks that we stay continually in prayer for that situation out there as well and that's another topic in prayer questions people I mean we get a lot of questions people have about prayer so sure. let you know uh, so, again, like Daryl said, any question, but, you know, if you have healing one specific prayer. on healing prayer, give us a call, one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. And we're coming about, uh, about five minutes left on the top of the broadcast, so let's honor the call. Let's talk with Steve. And, Teresa, hold on there. We're going to get to your question as well. But let's talk to Steve, uh, Dr. Bowman. He has a question or a statement, or maybe, about uh, prayer, about healing, actually. Stephen, thanks for calling in. From Los Angeles. Hey, Brian, uh, Daryl, Stephen, how are you guys doing? Hey, hey Stephen, how are you doing, man? Good. God bless you guys. Uh, Dr. Bowman, um, here's my question. So in the Bible, Steve, where... Steve, and I turn that radio on the back. You got something on in the background. I need you to turn that off for me, please. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Appreciate it. So my question is that um, these signs shall follow believers. So with what you said and what you shared with the audience, how does that marry theologically and doctrinally... Um, that per se, I'm not to expect, but then Jesus, the King of all kings, says that these signs shall follow those that believe. Right. I believe you are referring to a statement in uh, Mark 16. Absolutely. Uh, so, like around verse 17 or 18, if I remember correctly. 
Yes. And uh, it, there, there are two issues here. Uh, one is uh, a textual issue because most biblical scholars believe that Mark 16, verses 9 through 20, were uh, added uh, at, to the Gospel of Mark later uh, by somebody who felt that the ending at verse 8 was not acceptable. This is a controversial issue. I'm not going to rest much on that. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the, the second is the interpretation of the, t- of the statement itself, uh, just taking it for, you know, as being there and asking what it means. And really what this is saying is that these things are going to happen, but they're not going to happen all the time for everybody. Right, I understand. So what, we in, what we have in Mark 16 is a kind of summary of Jesus' resurrection appearances. They match pretty closely what we see in the book of, in the Gospel of Luke, and then a summary of the kinds of miraculous things that were going to happen uh, through the apostles that we see in the book of Acts. So uh, the, the point of that statement then in the context of the New Testament, is that these signs will occur among believers. Uh, they will occur among uh, the, the early church, uh, but they're not going to happen all the time. They're not going to happen right, on demand. Right, right. But Dr. Bowen, yeah, you you're familiar with T.O. Lowry, right? right. You're, you're familiar with T.O. Lowry, Churches of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. Let's go back to 1980s, 1990s, 1970s. I was raised Pentecostal. I saw these things. I saw demon-possessed people released. Um, I saw people healed. I saw people with glass eyes. But I could not see that, that miraculous healing. I would be lying right now. I'm telling the truth. So my issue is that my, 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 my question is this, sir. The structure of the church has changed so much to where there's not even elders anymore. And in James it says, if there are any sick among you, let them call upon the elders of the church. But now the elders have been replaced with a leadership team, and now the church has morphed into the corporate autocracy uh, type style, to where there's a CEO, pastor, there's a board of directors, a leadership. I, I don't team. really think this has anything to yeah. do with it, with, with it uh, because it there's healing. Because if, if there's healing, it has to be elders. And my question for you is this: Could it, in fact, be that um, it's the actual structure that? not there for healing is my question. Okay, Steve and Dr. Bum, I'm going to need you to hold on. Steve, I'm going to put you on hold because we are coming to the top of the hour break. We have about 35 seconds left before the top of the hour break. So, Dr. Bowman, uh, we'll take, uh, Steve, we'll take that in consideration and we'll bring you back on the other side of the break. But ladies and gentlemen, listen to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers with Daryl E.Z.D. Fulton, Dr. Robert Bowman, and Brian Allen. We have our screeners there, Robert, I'm sorry, we have Daryl and Eric ready to receive your phone call. Give them a call at one 888 talks one 888 Start dialing right now. We have some open lines. We're talking about healing, prayer, but any subject you might want to talk about, give us a call at one 888 talks one 888 2557 or go to our website, Bible Info Brokers. Send us an email or Facebook question by that method. Be back after these messages. 